This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. The words of an old John Denver song apply to fly fishing. Some days are diamonds, some days are stone. Man, we've had some diamond days where it seems like we get a strike in every cast, and other days are, well, stone days. They're about as valuable as a rock or a stone on the bank of the Yellowstone River. So today we're going to identify some fly fishing success factors and talk about the implications for your next day on the river. But before we do that, we're not saying that you only go out on perfect days, right, Dave? I think the idea for this episode came up as we were thinking about all the reasons we're not catching fish. And and there are days when you just think, I'm trying everything and everything seems to be not working. And it's not like when we go fishing, we say, you know what, let's go on this day because we know it's during this season The temp is going to be perfect. Now, we try to make adjustments based on let's go this weekend or next weekend, or we think about these success factors. But when you want to fish, you just want to fish. And so this is more looking backwards saying, okay, why didn't we catch fish today? And it may be because of these what we call success factors that shape why you didn't catch fish. Could be that you're a lousy fly fisherman or fly fisherwoman, but Generally, it's usually these other factors. Yeah, I I really agree, and I like the way you frame that. Yeah, we're looking back. We're not we're not going to say, okay, you you only go out on certain days, or you you make sure everything's lined up. Because honestly, that's probably one of the things that uh, uh, we, we've also had some days where, man, you know, all the variables line up, and this is going to be a perfect day, and then it's not. So, do you remember that day that we fished with your mentor? Bob Granger on the Yellowstone. We floated the Yellowstone, and it was oh. a perfect fall day. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, everything you want. We'll talk about the the kind of conditions, and yeah, and we got nothing but a few white fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no offense uh, to the white fish population, white fish, but uh, but hey, you know, we wanted to catch trout, and and even though we didn't catch that many white fish, though, really, so. Well, Dave, what's one of the variables or success factors that determine what kind of day you'll have on the river? Certainly, season is one of them. So if we're putting together these different layers of success factor, and there really are only three main seasons for fly fishing, spring, summer, fall. And even within those three seasons, there are kind of phases within those three seasons that tend to be better uh, than others. Certainly winter is a time where you go because you love to fly fish, you want to get outside, but your your expectations are muted or should be very muted. The worst day you can have really is what, a sunny day in January? I mean, my gosh, there should be no expectations of any fish at all. (laughs) Although we probably have caught fish on a sunny day in January, but generally season is such a big factor for uh for catching fish yeah whenever we've gone out uh i think we've 
gone out the last few years in February, kind of the first warm day of the year. And it tends to be February. And, you know, we've gone on one of uh, the, the creeks in the Driftless in Wisconsin. And and we've actually done fairly well, but our expectations were really low. It's kind of like, man, if we catch a fish, it'll be a great day. And then we get two or three and we think, wow, this is fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there are three uh, really good seasons. Uh, yeah, winter is, is not one of them. No, winter is not one of them. And I think the hardy go out, and that's just a classic case of you love to fly fish, you're passionate, you have to get out. And so you go out and you have very low expectations because you know none of the success factors that we're talking about will have any impact at all. But even in a good season, yeah, there's still no guarantees because you you can be fishing on the wrong time of the right season of the year. Does that make sense? Yes, for sure. And a good example of that would be, like, say you're going out to Montana, you want to fish for the browns that are running, but you're you're too early in September. The browns aren't running yet. And or you're well, typically you're not too late because the season is closed and they're spawning and they close the season when when they spawn. But definitely you can be too early in a season for sure. Yeah. Or you could be too late. I mean, we're coming up on fall and, you know, we've thought, man, it'd be nice to, to do some kind of the tail end of the hopper fishing. But uh, it'd be possible to go, you know, too late for hoppers. A week too late. That's our story, isn't it? <laughs> it's a week too late. For example, yeah. last year we went in the middle of September to Montana. It was really the third week. But I think we fished the last full day of hopper season in Montana because the, the temp then just plummeted at that point. And I don't think there was another good day of, of hopper season. We were lucky in that sense on that day. So season and the time of that season, even within it, is a, is a huge uh, factor. And I uh, just have to understand that's going to dictate how well you do. Another one is weather. And we've talked about this before, but it's worth repeating that the best weather for fly fishing is the worst weather for fly fishers. Uh, typically, a cloudy, drizzly day is best. It's not always fun to be outside on a cloudy, drizzly day. You know, we want warmth. I mean, the, you know, the sunshine, that's that's just grand. But cloudy, drizzly days are best. And, and the reason for that is clouds are great for uh, insect hatches. But I guess you'd say, Dave, there's some exceptions to that. I mean, you can catch fish on the surface on a sunny day. Yeah, certainly hoppers and terrestrials. We've had some of our best days on the Yellowstone with flying ants and hoppers. And those are sunny days. Sometimes they're windy, hot, sunny days, and we're catching big cutthroat on, on, on hoppers. Honestly, I'd be interested to hear from some others about their experiences because mine may be too uh, well, too small a sample size, but I have not done well on hoppers on cloudy days. I just haven't. Have, have you? No, I'm trying to think, ah, oh, man, I can't pull up enough data to make that judgment. But intuitively, yeah. when I look back and, and think about the great days on the Yellowstone that we've had in hoppers or even elsewhere, it's, my memory is always that, that the day is very sunny. Yeah, uh, that's that's the way it seems to be with me as well. You know, another factor then related to weather would be rain or moisture. 
uh, you've got the, the sun clouds factor, but you also have the dry or the, the moisture. And, man, there is something about rain that just makes streams come alive. I'll never forget a day I had on the East Gallatin back when I lived in Montana. In fact, just lived within a mile of that uh, river. It's really a, a big stream or a big creek, but it's uh, called the East Gallatin River. And, and that day, the snow would turn into rain. The rain would turn into snow. And I had incredible fishing for uh, some rainbow trout. I mean, I, I don't know. I must have caught 10 or a dozen of them in, in an hour. And they were all on a size 18 parachute atoms. You know, what else? Yeah, even in the food line, uh, which was going right through this very still section of water, uh, even that was not no longer still. I mean, the, the, the trout were just rolling over and over. It was amazing. But even, even a rainy day is unpredictable. I remember fishing a little stretch of the Boulder River where uh, it, it started to rain. I thought, oh, this is great. The last time I was here in this very run, I had a fantastic moment. It started raining, and, and man, the, the fish just started feeding like crazy. Well, this day, it just didn't happen. So even then, it's unpredictable. But uh, weather, typically, if you have a cloudy, overcast day, a little bit of drizzle, uh, it's nice if it's just not raining hard, kind of like these rains we get in the Midwest. It just comes down in, in sheets of water. But well, if you get a drizzle, that can be fantastic. Last fall, when we fished the Madison, and then we only caught that one fish, that big fish I caught, it... It it was it started out as a drizzle, but by the time we really started fishing, it was coming down so hard, and it wasn't hard Midwest hard, but it was hard enough to where uh, it was disrupting the water, and I have never done well in even medium rain to heavy rain. I've never done well. Yeah, lighter rain is definitely what you want. And I, I prefer snow because I think it's easier to deal with snow as a fly fisher than, than it is rain. Now, uh, one of the problems is when you've got white snowdrops uh, falling on the water, you can't always uh, differentiate between those and your fly. But, uh, hey, it's a problem I'm willing to have. <laughs> that reminds me, when I was fishing with uh, our mutual friend Dave Hansen, oh my gosh, this was a long time ago. He took me out in the last, it was the last day of February and we were fishing in the bear trap. I was out in Montana and I think you had been invited to go on this afternoon, but we went out, it was snowing. Yeah, I, I couldn't make it and that, that still pains me to this day. <laughs> there was a midge hatch going on. The midges were just popping and we hit it just right. And you literally, because the river was black, it looked black and it was snowing out. So you had the white snow on the banks. It was coming down heavy. The snow was heavy. And we were cast, you just would cast it at this black spot. You couldn't see anything. And it was all by feel. And I'm sure I missed a ton, but man, the ones I caught were amazing. Mm, that is so much fun. All right. So success factors, we've talked about season. Uh, we've talked about weather. Uh, Dave, what's another factor that really comes into play? Certainly time of day is is one of the success factors. And we've talked about this already this summer, that fish the low light in the summer. And so that means earlier in the morning, 
later at night simply because uh, the the trout are feeding. That's even true of fishing for northern pike. Uh, This summer I went out to North Dakota with my dad and we got up really, really early. We were fishing by 6.30 and we caught fish from 6.30 to 9. And at that point it shut off because the water was getting so warm that they'd come in to feed into the into the bank uh, to the shallows of the of the lake and then they'd move back out. The principle is true certainly in in the summer, but time of day changes. In the spring, it tends to be more of that ten to two window. Uh, in the fall, it just depends. It can be the ten to two window depending on the day. Uh, sometimes we fished trichos with. Uh, uh, remember that was actually summertime when we were fishing sixteen mile. We started out, the trichos were uh, were rising, and we wanted to fish uh, hoppers, but the trichos were out early. And they and if you want to fish trichos, you got to fish early. It's They'll be done by 11 o'clock. They'll be done coming yeah. off by 11 o'clock. So it depends on yeah. the hatch, but certainly time of day is important. What's really tricky is you, you mix all of these features together. You know, you could have all of these combinations. That's why we say you, you can't really use this as a predictor. I mean, you could say, yeah, this time of day is going to be better generally, or or a cloudy day with a little bit of drizzle is going to be better. But then you start mixing these elements together and it's, yeah, it would be maddening to try to use these success factors, but at least you can look back and say, well, uh, yeah, you know, if we had a good day or you had a good, bad day, maybe Maybe here's the reason. All right, another success factor that determines whether or not you are successful is water temperature. A couple years ago, the upper Madison in Montana was uh, fishing better than ever because there was work being done on the Hebgen Dam, and the water they were releasing was from the bottom of the dam, which means it was very cold. And so the insect hatches were more prolific. The fishing was spectacular. Of course, we heard about that. Uh, we <laughs> didn't, yeah, we, we didn't get to experience it. No. But, <laughs> no. but uh, optimum temperature for trout is, uh, just depending on who you talk to, I think somewhere between 45 to 65 degrees. Yeah, warmer weather means less oxygen. However, it, it does need to reach a certain point to trigger... Uh, particular insect hatches and and trout will increase their feeding as the war as the water warms up so again there's that window you know too warm it's going to be stressful on the trout you know too cold they're they're not going to be feeding as well so uh, water temperature is an issue i i carry a thermometer in my fly fishing vest now i don't always use it but but i kind of get in these spurts where i like to check water temperature and it's it's interesting and uh, just to check it from day to day, but uh, but uh, maybe more importantly, when you, you hit a, a stream or a river for the first day, uh, just to say, all right, what's what's going on here? What's you know, how, how warm is this? And of course, if if it's if it's really anything over sixty eight degrees, you seriously ought to think about. And we're talking about water temperature, not out outside air. But if it's if that water's warmed up to sixty eight or warmer. Uh, you might want to think about not fishing that. And that. That's another podcast discussion. But, yeah, water temperature is a huge uh, factor when it comes to whether or not you're catching fish. Isn't it water temperature that starts to move trout in the spring or cutthroat in the spring to start spawning or to start to move upriver? 
and of course water temperature makes a big deal with uh you know with insect hatches and so yeah it it certainly does uh what kind of initiate a, a lot of a lot of good things that that you want to happen or conversely could be bad things as well well i would say another one is water level and color and sudden rises due to rain snow runoff man that can certainly interrupt feeding patterns there's nothing worse than getting to the river and realizing it's too muddy or too murky to fish or you have to fish maybe a san juan worm or maybe fish streamers when you were hoping to fish either nymphs or maybe you thought there might be something going on uh, on top of the surface i just have never been fly fishing where it's quite murky like really murky and there's been a a significant hatch going on at the same time i'm sure that happens i just have never experienced that what about you yeah, a lot of times the hatch is going on, but the, yeah, but the fish aren't feeding, and that's been frustrating. I've I've been out on the Yellowstone before when the, you know, the caddis hatch is happening. In fact, one day when I drove over from my home in Belgrade to uh, Livingston, Montana, and then south up to Paradise Valley, uh, literally as I was going, the the water was blowing out, and I could see. I, I stopped at a couple places, and and you know, I notice, ooh, it's starting to get a little color. And then a few miles later, uh-oh. By the time I got there, I mean, it was flowing chocolate milk. And, man, there were caddis all over the water. and But there were no fish rising. Huh. And, yeah, and I think some of it was just the sudden change. Uh, you, you may have times where if it's been like that for a few days, you'll still have some trout kind of on the sides and that pocket water. They They, they might be... Some of them might be rising, but man, there was nothing happening. If the water level is higher, then it's it's flowing faster and stronger, and that that is usually measured in cubic feet per second CFS. And not only does this make wading more difficult, or even getting a good drift more difficult, but just as you say, trout may not be feeding, and and they're not in their lies or. Maybe it's because they have to expend more energy to stay there. For whatever reason, murky water, uh, stronger, faster, and murky water tends to, uh, at least in my experience, slow down my success. Something that you can do that uh, I probably haven't done it enough is, you know, to check like online or, or like on the website of a local fly shop or call them if you're going somewhere to fish. I'm thinking more of the Western rivers and just saying, hey, what's... You know, what's the flow? What's the CFS this morning for the Yellowstone? And and they really track that. And, and that could give you some indication. That, again, it's not some, you know, precise measurement you're looking for, but you're, you're looking for ranges. And that'll tell you is, is, you know, is the water higher? Is it flowing faster than it has? Or if you don't want to talk about CFS, just say, hey, you know, what's the water condition like today? I know it's getting warmer as it's starting to rise. A corollary to that is tailwaters obviously are more stable and and they reflect, they're more reflective of how spring creeks flow, the consistency. Yeah. But tailwaters, of course, are affected by how much water is let out of the dam. And a little yeah. color is not a bad thing in some sense because it might keep you less visible. Uh, and tailwaters, tailwaters do tend to be a little bit off color, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they really do. I mean, I think of the Madison, the, the Madison below, uh, well, 
lower Madison. It flows out of the Bear Trap, I think of the Owyhee River in Oregon. Uh, yeah, even some of the little spring creeks that we fish in Wisconsin and Minnesota, they're not tailwaters technically, but but even though they're spring creeks, some of them, just because I think of the terrain, they, they're they always off color. I mean, you know, you know which specific ones I'm talking yeah, about. They're stained. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. And that doesn't hurt the fishing at all. No. Um, yeah, wouldn't you say, and I think you know, th- this is a, this is a key point, it's not so much just a particular water, water level, although if you get high enough, okay, it just doesn't work, or it's not a particular color, although if it's, it's murky enough, that's a factor. But, man, it seems like when that changes a little bit, it just kind of, th- I, I don't know if I just say it throws the trout off. Maybe it doesn't throw them off, but for whatever reason, they just decide, yeah, we're just going to take a break. I remember once going to Minnesota and coming up on the creek that we were going to fish. And we were I remember talking on the drive over, and it's about five and a half hours from Chicago, thinking, okay, what are the options in case this is very, very stained? And it was. It wasn't just stained. It was actually murky. But by the afternoon, it had cleared up quite a bit, and we were able to fish that evening. Depending on how murky it is, you may or may not be fishing. I think we should say, too, if if you're fishing in the West, the biggest enemy of fly fishing in the West is the spring runoff. That's why uh, that's why we, if, if we fish in the West in the spring, it's always going to be uh, no later than mid-April. And even there, you know, you can be, you can be kind of flirting with all, all it takes is a warm day or a couple warm days and that runoff starts and even if it stops you, you could lose some days on a trip like that so you have to think about that or like you say uh, even a rainstorm in any region of the country can can have that same effect you know there's another one dave that that i'm no expert on but i've been reading about yeah, it just got me curious when we talked about some of these factors and that is uh, barometric pressure, lower versus higher pressure. And most fly fishers that I've read who have some kind of meteorological know-how uh, say that you can do fine on either low pressure or high pressure. Uh, it's just the big changes that make the difference. I mean, the same thing that we just talked about related to uh, related to water condition changes, uh, weather changes do the same thing. So typically, low barometric pressure is associated with the coming of a storm. And I feel like I ought to be in front of a, you know, of a weather map. <laughs> a green right now. screen. <laughs> That's right, a green screen. And I've, I've got my pointer. So we have some low barometric pressure, pressure here hovering over the Yellowstone River. Anyway, when, it, when you get that, it's associated with the coming of a storm. And the reason air pressure drops as that storm moves in is because the, the heavy air pressure that's being exerted on the river during one of those nice, warm, sunny days, uh, that, that starts to disappear. It kind of rises through the air column and eventually moves into the clouds to help form uh, rain or snow. Kind of fascinating. Well, anyway, this is going on when the air pressure drops. And there's typically more cloud cover then, and this triggers insect hatches. So... Typically, uh, you know, low barometric pressure can be a pretty good time to fish. 
High pressure, though, which occurs often right after a storm, can push the fish down towards the bottom. Now, you know, if it's three days after the storm and you're just in a, you're in a time of high pressure, that's, that's fine. But high pressure that happens right after a storm can kind of push the fish towards the bottom. It can also make them more lethargic. Uh, besides, they they might have fed what voraciously, I guess, before the storm. You know, they're uh, they're going crazy. So afterwards, they they don't have as much of an appetite. So I, I you know, those are some thoughts on barometric pressure. Again, I'm I'm no expert there, but it kind of makes sense uh, that uh, that it would work out that way. Dave, maybe somewhat related to that. What about phases of the moon? I've I've always been curious about that. I don't know. Some fly fishers swear by it. They say that uh, moon phase makes a big difference. Other people say no. One theory is that a full moon has the effect like that of a lamp on your nightstand that allows you to to read at night. More light means more feeding. So instead of reading, they're feeding at night. And so thus during the daytime, trout feeding at night may not feed as heavily during the day. That's one theory. Um, if this is true, uh, then it means that fishing is not as good during a full moon. I just don't have a lot of experience fishing during a full moon. Like, I, I guess I'm not as observant of that as I should be. So I don't have any data to really back that up. How about you? Have you done much or thinking about this or like correlating phase of moon to success? Mm-hmm. No, except that that if I have some days where I get skunked and think, man, the conditions were right. What in the world? Then you start looking at things. I've thought about that, thought, huh, I wonder. But I honestly can't remember whether it was a full moon or a half moon or if it was waxing or waning or whatever. So, yeah, I I don't have any data either. So when you're howling at the moon, are you unhappy (laughs) or are you just... (laughs) That's right. It's it's my werewolf tendencies coming out, I guess. Is that unhappiness yeah. or are you just yeah. st- making a statement? <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's, I'm usually when I'm howling it's because I'm not catching fish. That's that's the deal. So, what are the implications of all of this for our fly fishing? Well, you mentioned this at the beginning and we had a little discussion about that, but none of us go out and fish only on so-called perfect days. That's just not how a fly fisher thinks. You have a day or two, you have a week, you got a trip, you go out and you make the best of it. So I think we all know that that you can't go and fish only on perfect condition days. Although these factors can give you a lot of good excuses though, right? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's probably the whole point of our podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been out on some days that Kind of on paper, ah, this is going to be a good day, but hey, I want to get out, I want to go fly fishing. And wow, we really did well. Then there's other days where like, oh man, everything's just lined up. This is going to be grand and and it's not. So yeah, you're right. You can't go out fishing only on perfect condition days. I think another implication is don't avoid bad weather. Uh, Again, that might be the best time for fly fishing. So uh, dress for it. Man, like I said before, I mean this. I love fishing in the snow. It's just beautiful, and and the, and it triggers hatches, but I, I think it's easier to deal with than rain. I mean, if that's dropping on your, you know, your clothes and everything else, it's, I don't know, it just doesn't seem to be as intense as rain. So, 
yeah, rather than thinking, man, I'm going to wait for a nice sunny, warm day. Well, yeah, we, we like that. We like those too, believe me, but, uh, yeah, don't avoid the bad weather. Related to that is the good thing about fishing on the bad weather days is the lack of crowds. Uh, you and I just watched that video that a friend sent to us about this dramatic increase during the pandemic, uh, of interest in fly fishing. And, Here's what I know is that those folks, and I'm glad that they're interested in it, and if it benefits the sport, great, but those folks are going to be fishing on the warm days, the sunny days, and so this, you want to catch fish, you're going to not have as many fly fishers as well on those days, but fish on those bad weather days. I think another point here, and I think we've been saying this all along, but it's important to tease it to the surface here at the end of the episode is you can do everything right and still get skunked. And, and so it's not always you. And I tend to always blame myself. Well, if I could cast a little farther, if I could, if I just had the right thing. And part of my problem sometimes when the fish are not hitting, I I keep moving and we've had this conversation. I keep changing things up. And I've had days where I've changed things up maybe in a course of four or five hours. I've changed things almost on the hour, sometimes on the half hour. I'm changing up to something else, and I'm still not catching fish. And sometimes no matter what you do, you're just not going to catch fish, period. You know, that's a good word because, Dave, I do the very same thing. I blame you when I'm not catching fish. <laughs> you know, if Dave would just stay hidden more if, if he would, you know, if he learned to cast better and stop slapping the water. Yeah, actually, that's not true. You you do a much better job than I do at stalking. You know, you sneak up on a run and I get too lazy. But, but yeah, that's a, that's a great point. Well, and maybe that leads to our biggest takeaway. Dave, are you ready for this? Here, here is the big takeaway. When you have a bad day, whoo, blame the phase of the moon. Could that, you do no, that, that again? No, I could not. That was a really weak howl. But you know what? I've got people in the office next to me, so I'm I'm not going to do it. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. Oh, oh you meant great. to say so awful. So awesome. Well, let me do oh. – how about you let me do the howl because there's nobody okay. in my office. Okay, all right. Let me turn my – Oh, that that was a lot better. Well, you need to edit out my lame howl. I don't think so. I think that's staying in. That's what I figured. Oh, man. Well, I think we better make a transition into something else. (laughs) And that would be great stuff from our listeners. Who saved us here? So here's a comment from David on our recent podcast, Strategies for Fishing the Film. And the film is that uh, really thin layer it's kind of right under the surface or at the surface of the water. And David writes this, film is home. And he put that in big, uh, uh, you know, in all caps. So that, that means, Dave, that you're supposed to howl again. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, so film is home. And then he says, Gary Borger, and we referenced Gary Borger on that podcast. He says, Gary Borger is dead on when it comes to fishing the film. I've caught some of my biggest trout as well as the most fish that I've caught in the film. I know what Gary is saying when it comes to insect life, that it often gets trapped and trout feed on the insects in trouble. 
Uh, but another thing I believe to be a benefit, you can get much closer to the fish because those fish can't see you sneaking up on them. And, and I'm presuming he's saying when the fish are feeding in the film, uh, that allows you to make a more precise cast, sometimes right over the top of them, dropping a small nymph or a dry fly into the honey hole. So never overlook the film foam line. Man, that's good. Quote. That's yeah, that's good. really good. Great, great reminder. You know, and, th- and that, that does point out, I, I think we've all noticed uh, insects that have died on the surface or, you know, they're not going anywhere, but maybe we forget it. That's, that's due to the film. It's not like, uh, yeah, it's not like there was some sort of a disease or something that killed them off or they got scared by a, by a werewolf howling. Uh, man, I can't let that go, Dave. No, you uh, can't. I can't, but Hey, yeah, it's, it's this, it's this film factor, yeah. uh, that, that traps them. And that's why you've got all those, uh, dead insects. Yeah. Sometimes you may have spinner fall, but a lot of times it's insects that have been on their way up. They can't make it through that. I think what Gary Borger calls that very thin, just a few molecules, thick, rubbery film, right? They can't make it through that. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Kind of something as thick as soup. Well, that's all for today. Hey, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. <laughs> <laughs>